Hello and welcome to Tales from the Ruther Library. This is Dan Galadner coming to you straight from the Walter P. Ruther Library, Wayne State University, Detroit, Michigan. Hi, Troy. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, before we get started on this episode, I just want to do a shout out for you, Troy, because she is an NPR star now. <laughs> this uh, is what? getting cut. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no. Tell us what you did. I was interviewed about a lady engineering pioneer, Bertha Lamb, for an NPR affiliate in Pittsburgh. And this is getting cut. <laughs> Why? Oh. You get interviewed all the time. It's locally. That was local. You are other Pittsburgh. <laughs> Four hours away. You made it Great Lakes region. <laughs> um, I'm Pittsburgh famous. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, so last episode was about the folklore archives, cold and flu remedies. And Troy and I, I think through power suggestion, got colds. We did, and I drank a lot of hot toddies, and I'm better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked. I didn't have any of uh, the, the whiskey, but I had brandy laying around the house. And, and, and it kind of worked, but it was it was serious colds. But this, this week, we're also going to do another um, urban conversation about uh, Marianne Mahaffey. Uh, for those who don't know who Ma- Marianne Mahaffey is, she was a city councilwoman for life, you can say. 50 years of service to the city of Detroit. Um, you know, She was an educator, an activist, um, social worker, leader, mentor to thousands of people. Um, she taught here at Wayne State University. Um, and you know, I, I just want to like do a quote from the Metro Times, a local newspaper here in Detroit. It was an obituary in 2006. It said, she never gave up on this city or this country or planet. She never turned her back on the poor or the messed up or unions or the downtrodden, unquote. That was basically sums up Mary Mahaffey. When I moved here, she had spunk. She had class. She had soul. She was Detroit. We, we have a collection of hers that was just opened by Shay Rafferty, our labor and urban affairs archivist. It talks about her early life, her social work, her activities outside of city council. So let's have Shay Rafferty tell us more about it. Hi, Shay. How are you doing? Hey, Jen. Doing pretty great. How are you? I'm okay. Remind our listeners who you are here at the Ruther Library. I am the Labor and Urban Affairs Collections Archivist. So I'm in charge of all the documents in the building that are related to either labor collections or uh, City of Detroit history. And I try to make sure that those all become accessible to researchers and the public. Nice. So you just completed a very cool collection, uh, Marianne Mahaffey. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about her, then we'll start really talking about her. All right, sounds good. Marion Mahaffey was, man, she was a busy, busy lady. Very cool. She did a lot of really uh, interesting work over the course of her lifetime. Uh, she started out uh, in Iowa and ended up working for a summer during college at Post and Relocation Center, uh, which was an internment camp for Japanese Americans during World War II, which totally changed the course of her life and direction of her career. Uh, She went into social work and um, eventually made her way to Detroit, where she was on the city council for over 25 years, Um, heavily involved in the city, Wayne State University, um, a lot of the community around the area. All around Rockstar? Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. So so 
You said that her life was changed when she went to work in the tournament. Okay. When, when did she go and what, 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 what did she see? She worked there the summer of 1945. So it was kind of as the camp was coming to a close. They were going to actually close that fall. Uh, so she wrote actually really detailed letters to her family back home about all of her experiences there from everything from what food they were offering each day to uh, all the work that had been done at the camp when, you know, it was originally started, it was desert. And she would talk about how they would built swimming pools and there were trees and plants growing and there was even like a waterfall and fountains that they had built. And so it was actually this really beautiful place or it had become that way in her eyes. But she also kind of was giving her observations and reporting back stories she was hearing from uh, people who were there and uh, who had been cheated by friends and families back home out of homes and cars and crops and all the mistreatment they had experienced. And these weren't censored at all? I mean, usually when during wartime, they'd open up our more censored. Uh, It's I mean, it's hard to say, but there's there's definitely honesty in there. And there are stories that probably would have been censored if they had been. That is great. So probably not. No, that's great that we have this material here at the Ruther Library. That's cool. So she ends up in Detroit. What was what was she doing in the 1960s? In the 1960s, uh, Mary Mahaffey had just moved back to Detroit from Chicago, and she had just started a job at Brightmore Community Center as their program director. So pretty much she was in charge of creating programming and overseeing programming for the community center. Uh, she got really involved in uh, creating a self-study of Brightmore as a community and trying to gather socioeconomic information, uh, crime statistics, all these kinds of pieces that really gave better insight into the community itself and how better to provide programming that they really needed. So she worked with agencies and teachers and has all kinds of meeting notes and was very involved in um, trying to really give that community center everything she could. So that was kind of her early 1960s from there. Brightmore was cool. We have a lot of things on Brightmore here. Yeah, we have many other collections that kind of intersect with that. And you can, even looking through those materials, you can see other names of collections, like the people connected to them. And so, all of her correspondence and meetings. That's awesome. That's really neat because Brightmore Community Center, I think, has been around for like almost 100 years. So it's really in a deep connection to the West Side community. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Provides all kinds of history in, in her files as well as what was happening at that time. Cool. That's yeah. even better now. It's getting better. I can't wait to yeah. hear more. It's <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Um, she also started uh, teaching at Wayne State University at the School of Social Work. It's where she ended up teaching for until 1990. So again, for many, many years. Oh my years. God. Yeah. So that was, I think she began in 1965. Oh, and then she was also uh, on mayor appointed task forces for uh, parks and recreation and also at the Detroit task force on hunger and malnutrition. Oh, okay. So she was, she aware, I know that she did some things with, um, School school lunches, school breakfasts. Yeah, was that does that come out of that or was that later? That comes out of uh, that begins there. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, as the task force member, she helped work with the mayor at the time, Mayor Gribbs, to overturn uh, a USDA decision that um, was preventing Detroit from effectively using like a summer school lunch program. Uh, they couldn't make the match kind of to the pro- the matching money to the program, but she helped make sure that they could use in-kind donations as volunteers to make up for that and got Detroit back into the program. And they ended up serving, I think, over 1.7 million lunches to students wow. like that one summer. And that one summer? Mm-hmm, 1971. Oh, oh. 
Okay. So that was just one small piece of what she got to do on that task force. Just a teeny little bit that she does. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. um, before she became city council, she, did she run for any office or is this her first time? Or? She did. Uh, she ran for office in 1970 trying to become Wayne uh, County Commissioner. But uh, ran into some small hiccups in that uh, election. Uh, her opponent tried to uh, say that she could not legally run under her maiden name for Really? The public office. And this case actually turned into a Michigan Supreme Court case that was ruled in Miriam Mahaffey's favor. Uh, she was able to provide paid checks and other forms of um, identification that showed that she was using her maiden name in her professional work. And they said she could do that and set a precedent in the state of Michigan that women could run for public office with their maiden names. Oh, my God. And that was in 1970? <laughs> it was in 1970. Oh, have we come a long way, kids? Yeah. So she did not end up winning that election, but she won a very cool Supreme Court case okay. for women. So um, this collection, uh, you were saying, has a little bit on our city council work. What kind of things research will find dealing with our city council? Yeah. So we do have some city council materials. Uh Sometimes it's a, a mix of other pieces of her life popping in, but we have a lot of information on uh, when the casinos were starting to open in Detroit in 1990s, they needed permits and other kind of regulations needed to be worked out. And so a lot, she was on city council at the time and has a lot of documentation on that. We have a lot of documentation on some budgetary work and some miscellaneous pieces that pop up along the way for you know the many, many decades that she was on city council. Uh, she also has really some great transcripts amidst the documents from meetings and phone calls that she had while she was councilwoman, uh, very detailed responses and questions and answers of right. what was happening and get a really good look at. So a little uh, more deep detail about yeah. the interaction that goes on exactly. on our busy days usually. Exactly. Um, so most of the city council materials are across the street at the Burton Historical Site of the Detroit Public Library? Yes, that is and correct. So, so if a researcher wants to use it, they have to go back and forth. Yeah, just across the street, though. Just across the street. It's very easy. Yeah, exactly. Except in the wintertime. It's no fun. Um, but she was tremendously popular uh, being elected to president of the city council, which is means you get the majority votes from the whole city. Yes. Um, does the collection reflect why she was so popular with the citizens of, of Detroit? I think in some ways it does. Maybe not in like the most obvious ways. There's not um, there are awards and you know, accolades and notes of thanks for what she's done. But I think you can also see it in her own writings and you can just see how sincere she was about her dedication towards people in the city of Detroit um, and just always rooting for equality for all people. And I think that sincerity came across to a lot of people and was why she was so popular. She really genuinely cared. Her background was in social work. You know, it's she wasn't a politician necessarily so much. She as, never gave up on the city. Yeah, social worker first. Social work first. All right, so social work. Yeah. Um, she started teaching, you said, 65 here at Wayne State University yes. in social work. What kind of things did she do within the social work area that propelled her into leadership roles, or did she do anything that out, stands out that we can see in the collection? So she was involved in a lot of other uh, major social work organizations, uh, including the National Association of Social Workers uh, in the U.S., uh, part of the International Federation of Social Workers on an international scale. She helped organize conferences and was on their board of directors in various years. So she was heavily involved in the social work field throughout her career. Um, so on top of being a professor at the School of Social Work and trying to 
live her ideals through her career, uh, career as a city councilwoman as well. So, yeah, she it was heavily incorporated in who she was That's, and her, what time she devoted to it. This is a deep collection. I mean, so far you're talking about education, internment mm-hmm. camps during World War II, mm-hmm. um, development of uh, city council from the very big, you know, during a very hectic time in yes. Detroit. Anything? Oh, oh, so she was very involved with uh, women's equality, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the collection reflect much of her activities there? It does. Uh, there's a lot about women in politics in the collection as well. She was um, she was at the founding convention of the Women's Political Caucus in 1971 as one of the Michigan delegates. Uh, she was part of local de- women Democratic political groups and caucuses, and so she was involved in those pieces as well as generally supporting women as a city councilwoman in other ways she could. And also she was, um, I know recently people have been talking about how they, they want to have a, a building named after her or something yeah. to commemorate this, this wonderful woman. And I, I was not surprised, but then again, I was like, wow, the LGBTQ community really loved Mahaffey as well. Yeah. Uh, what was what did she do for them when she was when she was in city council? Uh, well, specifically, one of her biggest contributions was helping provide uh, city workers for the city to give healthcare benefits to same-sex partners. Yes, that was one of her big contributions, and she also uh, was always supportive of LGBTQ rights. She's just a huge advocate of equality for everyone, so that comes through in all capacities. She needs a building. She needs more than a building. She did a we lot. We can rename for the city Detroit, Detroit. Mary Mahaffey. <laughs> <laughs> she did a lot for the city. She really did, mm-hmm. and this this collection really reflects her other work rather than city council, but all her other work that she was doing. Yeah, all of her contributions to. And do make we have what other place. kind of things memorabilia do we have in there? Is it mostly documents, or do we have photographs? Do we have, we other have photographs? We have scrapbooks. We have, um, as I said before, like really old co- correspondence from the 1940s to the 1950s about you know her pathway and how she got to where she was. We have um, even documentation of some of her husband's activities. He they met at the School of Social Work and at the University of Southern California, and so he was also involved in a lot of nonprofit and people-focused organizations in the area. So we have some of his papers as well. As, and they were both also big advocates of peace and disarmament. So those pieces are also elements of this collection. A lot of different subjects. So Shay, how how big is this collection? Um, how long did it take you? What kind of condition? Usually they come in really messy, as we all know. We like to get dirty here as archivists. So you know, what was the work like uh, working on this collection? So the final count is about 76 linear feet or boxes worth of material. Uh, it was a little bit bigger to begin with. We paired out some duplicate material and other pieces that weren't as helpful. But uh, it was a little bit messy <laughs> when it came in. Uh, so how long did it take you? Uh, it was a few months of work. Uh, not, not too crazy, but it took me definitely probably four to five months of work here and there to get through it. Um, Partly, I think it was a little bit messy because she was involved in so many different jobs and, and tasks at the same time that sometimes all those papers got intermixed. You know, she might be at one job but working, like, oh, and a letter comes in and it gets filed with, you know, a different position. And so it, to some degree, we were able to tidy that. And to some degree, it's just the nature of how she worked. Yeah, cool. 
Very cool. Sounds like it was a great collection to work on. Yeah, it was really fun. So much to learn. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Thanks, Shay. Thanks, Dan. So again, that was Shay Rafferty, our labor and urban affairs archivist. And just to sum up, this 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 collection here at the Ruther Library is essentially about Marianne Mahaffey's life outside of city council. The Detroit Public Library Burton Historical Collection has her city council records. Uh, so any researcher coming into Detroit wants to do a great research project on not only uh, politics of Detroit in the 70s through... Oh, the 21st century, um, social work, social justice, activism. Um, and of course, you cannot leave out the idea that she was there um, at Poston in 1944. So an inside look at the internment camps for Japanese. I think that uh, with this podcast, we should have our listeners uh, email Wayne State University. We should have them email city council, text city council, write letters. Marianne Mahaffey needs to have some sort of recognition in this city. I agree. She's awesome. (laughs) Thanks, folks. Tales from the Ruther Library is a production of the Walter P. Ruther Library of Labor and Urban Affairs at Wayne State University, coming to you from the heart of the Cultural Center of Detroit, Michigan. The producers of Tales from the Ruther Library are Dan Glogner and Troy Eller-English. Special assistance from the Ruther Podcast Collective, including Bart Bilmer, Elizabeth Clemens, Megan Courtney, and Paul Neerink. Of course, this podcast cannot be done without the research and the support of the entire Ruther Library staff. To learn more about the Ruther Library, or if you have any questions, please visit our website at www.ruther.wayne.edu. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye, Dan. What's your name? My name's Dan. Hi, Dan. (laughs) Hi, Troy. You didn't introduce yourself. Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? (laughs) No one listens to me. No. The Detroit Public Library Burton Special Collections has more of her city council records. So any researcher coming in, what? Burton Historical Collections, not Special Collections. (laughs) Oh, I fact-checked it. Anything else? I haven't heard the rest of it, so I don't know. (laughs) I'll fact-check that, too. You are our (laughs) fact-checker. Give you a little check. (laughs) 